what a day that will be. As I get a day older, a year older, it seems more glorious to me and more desirable to me than when I was a young person that that day would come and it would come quickly. You know, there is a prayer in the Bible where it says, Lord, come quickly. That seems to be the ending of my prayer very often in this day and time is, Lord, come quickly. Well, I want to welcome everyone to 2021 as though that meant something. It is a new year and it's our first time together and it is my hope and my prayer that we will be able to meet no matter how many of us there are for the continue uh, the whole year. Every Sunday this year, uh, I think it's important for us to come together and to meet. <clears throat> Sister Jamie's not here because of her shoulder problem, problems, but I remember she told me back last March, she said, a lot of people were listening to preaching online. Uh, they could get Primitive Baptist sermons, and she said, when this is over, this pandemic, or the longer it goes on, he said, she says, you'll have less people coming to church and not more. And, you know, I believe she's right. People have <clears throat> decided that uh, they can get what they need by being at home. It's easier. We don't have to get up and clean up. Uh, we don't have to do anything. But the Bible said that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves as is the manner of some in Hebrews chapter 10. That's a commandment. That wasn't a suggestion. Suggestion. The question I have is, is <clears throat> why did God call upon us to come together? I think there's numerous questions on that. And that's not my sermon this morning, and uh, hopefully we'll get there. I hope to preach on the, the, the subject of hope itself. But there's a purpose that God had in design when he told us to come together as a body, as a group. And I believe not only does that truth prevail in the church, I think it prevails throughout the land. We collectively are stronger than we are individually. Do you know that? There's a purpose and a reason God intended for his people to come together. You know, together we stand and divided we fall. That doesn't just apply to the army or it doesn't apply to Americans alone. It applies even in the church. But as time is drawn on, and as we went on through the course of life here in the United States, it seems to me that the idea of being in the house of the Lord is just something that uh, is a convenience for many. They don't consider God's command, forsake not the assembling of yourselves as a command and as something needful. And they feel like if they can hear the word of God preached, then they fulfill their, their duties with the Lord. Well, the Lord knew there was something we gained by coming together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Not only do we have great fellowship one with another, and not only do we believe in, in, in the same things, or, or for the most part believe in all the same things and the truth of God's word, and that God's word is the only truth in this world, but I believe God intended to show that together we're stronger than we are individually. And so therefore, I, I find it a great purpose in coming together together in the house of the Lord, it's something that we shouldn't forsake. It's something that should be a part of our lives and we shouldn't let go of. But it's happened. It's not just happened in our day. It's happened in the past. Now, <clears throat> it is my hope that in 2021 that we will become stronger in the Lord. 
every one of us. I hope we'll come to understand that our strength is in God and not in ourselves. It's not in our government. It's not in the army. It's in the Lord. You know, before Paul told the church at Ephesus to put on the whole armor of God, in chapter 6 and verse 10, he says, Finally, brethren, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Our strength is in God and, and none other. And we need to realize that at, at all times. We're told in 2 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 10, that the uh, weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not carnal, meaning that guns and arrows and spears and bows or whatever war, carnal weapons we have are not able to do to destroy or to overcome the enemy that we're truly battling, that of darkness, that of evil. That's what we're truly battling, spiritual wickedness in high places. But it's mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Our strength is in God. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, he said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Matter of fact, Jesus said in John chapter 15, without me you can do nothing. You know what strength you have, you have from the Lord, whether you recognize it or realize it at all. It comes from God and God Almighty alone. He goes on in verse 5 of that same chapter, 2 Corinthians, uh, 2, 2 Corinthians 10. It says, Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Think about that. Think about casting down Everything that you can possibly imagine, it might lift itself up and become a, a problem in your life before God. Cast them down, it says. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now that's a tall order, but it's not an impossible order. It's a tall commandment, but it's not grievous. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. That tells me that we as sinners, even though we continue to sin, the commandments of God are not beyond our ability to keep. That doesn't mean that we're not tempted. It doesn't mean that we don't drift to the left or the right from time to time. It just means we can keep his commandments. We just don't always do it. But they're not commandments that we're unable to keep. So with that in mind, our strength, and I hope our strength is, is in the Lord, and I hope that everyone becomes strong in the Lord as we go along in 2021. I hope our trust in God increases. That's another hope I have for the Lord's people in this coming year. No matter how many of us are there or, how, or, or worshiping together, I hope we have more trust in God and, and less trust in ourselves. I hope we, we trust the Lord with all our hearts, and we don't lean to our own understanding. When we trust in man or we trust in the arm of the flesh, God says, Cursed is the man who trusteth in man in, in Jeremiah 17. But there's one that we can trust in who's never broke a promise. There's one that we can trust in who's never failed to do what he said he would do. You know, we can't see God with a visible eye, but we can feel his presence in our lives. We can see his presence in a nation. We've seen it one time in this nation. We need his presence in this nation today. And it is my hope going forward that God will intervene. Like I said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, most people didn't like the prayer of Elijah because he 
He prayed that something bad would happen in the land that God's people would, would, he would get their attention. Well, it got their attention, I'll assure you. I'll assure you. They wouldn't have liked his prayer, but yet my point is one man's prayer can make a difference in the life of the child of God. I hope, too, that our faith is increased as we go forward. You know, what is faith? It is the substance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for in this year? It's easy to hope for things that are natural. You may hope that you have a better job. I, I hope that this pandemic or this whatever you want to call it virus comes to an end. But as we close out the year of 2020, the problems that existed last month are still with us today. The governmental problems, the problems with this virus, at least from the narrative that we're being told, they continue on. We have all these troubles and they're still with us. But yet we have a hope in God that has never changed and that's what we need to focus on. It's so easy to get caught up in the noise. I, I, it is for me too. I mean, you listen to any amount of the news, you hear what's going on, you see the evil that's taking place, the problem with young children, the child trafficking, things that just make, be honest with you, sick, make me sick to my stomach. It's, it's hard for me to realize how evil, evil really is. But it's out there. And, you know, sometimes I think God has uh, sheltered us from some of that evil, that we have not lived it, we have not seen it, and, and that's been a blessing. You know, the 76th chapter of Psalms in verse 10 says, Surely the wrath of man shall praise thee, the remainder of wrath thou shalt restrain. We just don't realize how bad this world could be if God wasn't restraining it to some extent. God's grace restrains men from doing all that they could do, and yet the evil that we do see is very bothersome. You know, we look for a day when righteousness will prevail continuously. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, there's an evidence that there was a creator, no doubt about it. We can't deny that. Look around. Another evidence we have is, is the earth continues to rotate on its axis. The sun comes up, the sun goes down, and it's done this every day of our lives. The world is continually sustained by the power of Almighty God, by the Lord Jesus Christ. We find that in Colossians chapter 1. Things consist and continue on because of God's almighty power. That's why we should hope in the Lord as we, we go forward in 2021. I can't tell you what lies ahead. Only the Lord knows what lies ahead. I can tell you what I think pertaining to the, the knowledge I have today, but that's just what I think. You can tell me what you think. That's just what you think. But there is the truth of God's word. He knows. He knows your thoughts, my thoughts, and the thoughts of every man afar off. He knows the words that are up on the tongue of each and every man. He declared the end from the beginning and from ancient times of things that have not yet been done. He knows the end of the circumstances that we're going through today. He knows. But we don't. We might suppose this. We might suppose that. But that's why I hope our trust in God increases as we go forward in life each and every day of this year. Because our hope in God should never be diminished. We can't trust man. We can't trust the government. We can't trust anyone in this world. But we can trust the Lord. And our hope ought to always be in the Lord. Notice what it says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 5. This, 
This is one that I believe is part of the child of God's makeup. It says, for we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Are you waiting for the hope of righteousness? Who is that? Jesus Christ the righteous. We hope, waiting for him. We yearn for a day where righteousness dwells and there is no thing as unrighteousness. That day's coming. What a day that'll be as we spoke in that song where the things of this world will fade away and pass away. The troubles of this life will exist no more. What a day that'll be when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one that saved me by his grace. When there's no more sorrows, there's no more tears, there's no more death. We don't wake up one day in a bad mood. We don't go to bed in a bad mood. We don't wake up any different the next day than the day before. Honestly, according to the word of God, we won't need to sleep. But I'm telling you right now, there's coming a time when sin will be put away. The troubles of this life will be put away. And if that doesn't give you something to be excited about and to rejoice in, we're told to rejoice in hope in Romans chapter 12. Rejoicing in hope. That is the hope that the child of God has. That's the hope that we had in 2020. It's the hope we have today, regardless of the circumstances that you and I are facing each and every day of our lives. Let's think about hope and, and, and another word that many people talk about, uh, wish. How many people have you ever heard say, I, I wished I was rich or I wished I could win the lottery? And a couple seconds later, they'll tell you, well, it'd be hard for me to win the lottery because I don't ever play it. I don't buy any tickets. What is a wish? It's a desire. It's a want without any expectation of obtaining it. You know, when I was a young kid, uh, I was far more of a sports fan than I am now, and I loved the Dallas Cowboys in those days, and I always wanted to be an NFL football player. But, you know, even as a kid, I didn't really ever expect to obtain that. That's what wishing is. Some people wish they'd been born in a different era. But friends, I'm here to tell you the way that you were made is the way that God made you. Notice what it says in the 139th Psalms, if I can get over there. and It tells us that uh, we were wonderful, wonderfully made. We are, because God made us. In the 14th verse, we're wonderfully made. He made us. When he wanted us to be here, we, we came up on the scene. You know, I used to want to be taller. But sometimes I think when we wish for things that we know are not going to happen, if we look at it rightly, we're not thankful for the things we have. You know, I'd have liked to have been six inches taller, but I'm thankful that I'm not six inches shorter. I'm short enough as it is. Sometimes, sometimes you know, we, we, when we think about wishing and wanting, we're, we're not being thankful for what we have. Sometimes we think, well, I'd like to have a lot more money. I wish I had a lot more money, but aren't you thankful you don't have a lot less? Aren't you thankful that your needs are provided for? I mean, there's always something to be thankful for, and sometimes we fail to focus upon that. So wishing is something that we desire, we want, but most of us never have any expectation whatsoever of, of attaining it. It's just, it's just a... a Unused, vain, vain thoughts, what it really is. But what is hope? The hope of the Bible. Well, I believe it's expectation. That's what the Greek word said. It's an expectation. I think Paul makes it 
pretty clear in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 20 for what hope really is. According to my earnest expectation and my hope. If you're a child of God, you, you earnestly expect something. You're not wishing for the Lord to come back with the idea that he's never coming back and that's not obtainable. As a child of God, you believe in your heart. You expect him to return. It's an earnest expectation. According to my earnest expectation, Paul said, in my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. That ought to be our goal in 2021, that Christ will be magnified in our body whether we're living or whether we die. He went on to say, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, a lot of people don't want to die, and I'm not going to run out in front of a car and attempt that. But friends, I'm going to tell you, the day you die is better than the day you were born. When you die as a child of God, it's gain. You put off this old body of sin and flesh, and, and the troubles of this life will be no more. And the troubles of this life are real. Anybody that says they're not is fooling themselves, and the truth's not in them. It, it, they are, and sometimes our troubles can even overwhelm us. I've seen people, sometimes their troubles destroy us. Because the closer we walk with the Lord, the better we can deal with the troubles of life. So hope is an earnest expectation. What else is it that drives this hope, that keeps us where we want to be, that keeps our feet to the ground and keeps us stationary? Well, first of all, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God dwells in each and every one of his children. Everyone who's heaven-born and heaven-bound we're told in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have something in you as a child of God that gives you hope even in the midst of dire circumstances. And friends, the circumstances we're going through today, even though they're, they're difficult, I believe we're living in perilous times, they may not be anywhere close to as dire as they may become. I don't know that. I don't have a crystal ball. The Lord hadn't told me. The Lord knoweth, but I don't. But we can trust him. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. We can call upon his name anytime, day or night. They're trying to take prayer out of schools. They're trying to take prayer out of everything. But there's no one, nowhere on the face of God's green earth that can stop you from praying. It can't be done. And that was by design. They may shut your mouth and not let you pray at a football game or a baseball game or any type of public situation other than the house of the Lord if we're blessed to come together. But they can't stop you from praying. For when you pray from the heart, the Lord hears. It doesn't, you don't have to speak out loud for the Lord to know what's on your mind. He knows what you think and what you stand in need of before you even think it or speak it. That is the God that we serve and that is the hope that we have. Christ in us, the hope of glory. But I tell you right now, God has never failed to fulfill one of his promises. Never. Titus chapter 1 and verse 2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. Did you know that it's impossible for God to lie? Do you know that many of his promises have already been fulfilled? But you and I, as his children, we look forward we look back at the cross, but we look forward to that sacred return, don't we? That's part of the hope that we have in us that keeps us going. 
that keeps our feet down on the ground, that keeps us stationary, is the work, the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing it is to have that, that great blessing in our life and that blessed hope. Notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17, wherein God willing more abundantly show unto the heirs of promise. That's you and I. That's those that are born of the Spirit of God. That's those that have Christ, the hope of glory in them. It says the immutability of his counsel. That means the unchangeableness of his counsel. God cannot change. It's, it, it's, uh, all, of all his attributes, he cannot change. That's one of the greatest blessings that you and I could ever lay our hands upon is a God who does not change. We as people change, times change, everything that's going on in this earth is changing, but our God is not changed. His view of sin is the same today. I'll tell you right now, Isaiah prophesied of a day, and he said when the day will come that they'll call good evil and evil good, darkness light and light darkness, bitter sweet and sweet bitter. Friends, we're at that day. It's happened before, but it's happening now. This was the prophecy of Isaiah. But our God has never changed, and his view of sin has never changed. His promises will never be broken. We enter 2021, and that's the hope that we have. The great hope that you and I have is in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not in your wife. It's not in your husband. It's not in your family. You love them. You love them all that you will. But there's only one that you can truly count upon without doubt, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll never change. He'll never leave you. He'll always be there for us. No matter what things happen in this coming year, God will not be removed from our lives. It goes on and it says that by the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things, his counsel and his oath, in which it was impossible for God to lie, that <clears throat> we might have strong consolation or comfort who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. What is the hope that's set before us? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. That should be our focal point in life, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. Do you know that was his people, those that were given to him by the Father? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising his same, is now set down at the, on the right hand of the throne of God. He set down because he finished the work that he came to do. But think about the joy that we were to him. Bankrupt, wretched sinners. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ... He hates sin, but he loves sinners. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that he loved you in spite of your sins? And that he came to die for your sins and give you that great hope of eternal life, which he promised. Therefore, we know that he's coming back. You know, we were told over in the 14th chapter of John, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions, not a few, many if we're not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. How did he go to prepare a place? Is he up there building? God could have spoke any place into existence. He prepared the way at the cross of Calvary. That's what he did. He died for you. He died for all his children. I hope he died for me. He died for everyone that the Father gave him. And he said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, you will be also. Friends, this is the hope that we have set before us each and every day of life, regardless of the noise going on, and there's a lot of it. 
and the noise may get louder and it may get stronger. I, I, like I said, I don't know. I don't know what lies ahead. Only the Lord knoweth them things. But we have a God in heaven who's done whatsoever he hath pleased. There is none that can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Our hope is in him and him alone. That's where we find our hope. That's where we find our strength. That's where we find our encouragement. Even in our darkest times in life, our most troubling times in life, it's with Jesus Christ. He is our hope and our only hope. It says in verse 19, which hope we have as the anchor of our soul. Friends, what keeps your feet on the ground when death comes your way? When it looks like things may turn in this country in a very negative way, what keeps your feet on the ground? What keeps a boat from drifting out in the water? A good anchor always keeps a boat from drifting, does it not? Friends, Jesus Christ is your anchor. He's what keeps you from drifting in a world that's eat up with sin. And some of the sin that we're seeing now is being manifested in ways that I haven't seen. It's not new. It's not that it's never been done. It's just that we're seeing things maybe that we hadn't seen in the small amount of time that we've lived upon the earth. It's being made manifest. It's being done openly right in front of our eyes in a way that it hadn't in times past. Darkness is real. Evil is real. But we have an anchor that keeps our feet to the ground, do we not? And that anchor is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I just think so much about his promises. Let's go and, and begin to look at a few verses too in, in uh, <clears throat> 1 Peter chapter 1. Think about Jesus said in John 14, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. He went to the cross of Calvary. We're told that he himself bore our sins in his own body in 1 Peter chapter 2. He bore our sins in his own body. He paid the price and he paid it in full. He paid for every sin you committed in the past, you're committing at the moment, and as you'll commit going forward. They were paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ when he died upon the cross of Calvary. But Paul told us over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if we're here to come together to worship, and I'm not saying this word for word, quoting it word for word, but basically if Christ didn't rise from the grave, our worship, our coming together is in vain, and we are yet in our sins. Did you know that? Christ died for us. Notice what it said in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 2, I'll get just a little that elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. He's speaking to the elect. He's speaking to the chosen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope, a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Friends, I'm here to tell you, if Jesus went to the cross, and died for your sins. If he didn't rise again, what we're doing here is in vain. If, there is no res if Christ didn't rise, there is no resurrection of the dead. That's made clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But Peter here tells us without a doubt, he rose from the dead. He died for our sins and he rose for our justification. There's just no other way you can put it. We're justified. When he rose from the grave, We've been made just. And one day we're going to live with him. You know what it says now over back in Romans 15 and 13. Now the God of hope. 
the God of hope. Did you know that the origin of the hope that you have is God? That earnest expectation that you have that there's coming a day that you're going to be in a place called paradise, called heaven, where the troubles of this life will never come to pass again? That is a wonderful day, and the hope that you have originated with God. Now, the God of hope, he's the God of all hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. My hope is that our belief is stronger. And you say, well, I am a believer. But friends, a lot of us, I believe, are like that man in Mark chapter 9 whose son was throwing himself in the fire who had a demon. And he went to the disciples and the disciples couldn't cast him out even though Jesus had given them the power to cast out demons. And Jesus said unto that father, if thou canst believeth, all things are possible to him that believe. And his answer was, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. It is my hope that we believe what God says and we become stronger in that each and every day. In doing so, God will fill us with joy and with peace that we can find nowhere else. I argue, and I'll argue today, no matter how rough it gets on the outside of these walls and the conditions that we live in, we can live in peace because of Jesus Christ. These things have I spoken unto you that in me ye shall have peace. But in the world ye shall have tribulations. He makes it clear. Jesus said in the world you shall have tribulations. But in me you can find peace. You can't find this peace in the world. You can't find this satisfaction in the world. The hope which is set before us is in none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And until we focus our lives on him, a lot of the rest of our lives are not going to be what we want because they're filled with trials and troubles, storms. The storms just keep coming, don't they? Sometimes they're, they're very strong. Sometimes they're not so strong. But every day that we live, just as the natural storms come, so do the spiritual storms. The troubles of life are real. He says, fill us in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. That is my prayer, that we will be filled from the God of hope, the origin of hope, through believing that our hope will abound through the power of the Holy Spirit this coming year. Because we know that the Lord is returning. We know that things are going to be made right one day. Won't that be a blessing? Isn't that what keeps you going? Isn't that what keeps you grounded? <coughs> the anchor in your life? The hope that you have in Jesus Christ? Isn't that what gets you from one death to the next death, from one trouble to the next trouble? And whatever troubles lie ahead, isn't that what will get us from the next trouble to the next one? You know, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. That word stand fast means to be stationary, not to be moved. Friends, the world's trying to move you. Satan himself's trying to move you. There was a lot of discouragement in 2020. And I had some of it myself. Things had changed in our life that we had not seen. We didn't have church here for four Sundays, and that's a lot less than a lot of churches have. We've got folks that quit going to church uh, months and months ago, and they haven't come back because of the fear they have of, of what's going on outside. Well, I don't know what will happen in 2021. We're not beyond that yet. But I'll tell you, we got a God who never changes. we got a God that we can call upon. And as long as the Lord blesses us, I hope we're here to meet every Sunday, regardless of the numbers. It doesn't make any difference. 
God said, if there be two or three that gather in my name, I'll be in their presence. That's what we need is God's presence in our lives. Not just on Sunday morning, but Monday morning, Tuesday morning, every day of the week. We need to have our hope in Jesus Christ. When we get up, we need to thank him when we lay down our heads at night and go to sleep. Because the things that were going on around us are going to one day come to an end. And I'm a firm believer that we're closer than we are further off. Now, some people might argue that point, but I know we're one day closer and one year closer. I don't think that time's that far off. Let us be found worthy, looking unto Jesus at all times, being, being ready and, 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 and not letting these things uh, distract us in life to the point that we have a hard time moving on. That we might, through the power of the Holy Ghost, abound in hope in 2021. He goes on and says, Hath the gotten us again over in Peter unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead? Friends, that's really it in a shell. That's what gives us hope. That's what has begotten us again unto a lively hope as God's children. To an inheritance incorruptible that uh, undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Friends, God didn't make a reservation with no name on the reservation. Have you ever called a motel and just told them to leave an open reservation for you throughout the year and if you show up, you'll be there? Friends, if there's a place reserved in heaven, it's because your name is written on the reservations in heaven. It's because your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's a place reserved for you in heaven. And that keeps us going. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last day. What a hope we have in Jesus Christ. What a blessing it is in this life to look to Jesus amidst all the storms and the darkness and the clouds that sometimes overtake our lives. Notice over in the 18th verse. For as much as you know you were not redeemed by corruptible things such as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was forever <coughs> foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe. Notice what it said there. You believe because of him. By him you believe, who by him do believe in God. By Jesus Christ, if you're a believer in God, it was by Jesus Christ that you're a believer. Who by him do believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Have you ever wondered how you had this faith? <coughs> Paul said you were given the measure of faith, intrinsic faith. When you were born again of the Spirit of God. Tells us about that in Romans 12, verse 3. The measure of faith. Faith given unto every one of God's children when they are born again of the Spirit of God. Galatians chapter 5 makes it clear that faith is the fruit of the Spirit. Faith in God is the fruit of the Spirit. You read through those things that tell you what fruit is. Who by Him, who by Jesus Christ, do believe in God that raised him, Jesus, from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. You've been blessed with something today by God Almighty himself. You believe in Jesus Christ. You look unto Jesus daily for your needs. You pray unto Jesus. You have faith in Jesus because of what, because of what Jesus done for you, what he done for all of us. 
What a blessing it is. And as we enter this year, I want us to know that our hope is in Jesus Christ. I'm going to get a couple other verses and, and close. I think over in <clears throat> Titus chapter 1, or Titus chapter 2, I believe it is. I believe this sums it up. This is the hope that we have that's set before us every day that we live. This is the anchor of our soul. This is what keeps us going on and on and on. Verse 13 says, looking for that blessed hope. Are you looking for that blessed hope? Do you wake up every morning and say, Lord, is this the day? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm hoping. That's what I hope for. And the older I get and the more this old world I see, the more I hope it. Looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of, our, of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ? I hope you are. Because that's the hope that keeps our feet anchored to the ground. No matter what's going on in this world, no matter what troubles that you may encounter, we have that great hope. Over in Romans chapter 8, and we'll not go there, it says we are saved by hope. Not eternally. Timely. We're delivered time and time again in the pain and the sorrows and the troubles, the difficulties of this life by the blessed hope we have in Jesus Christ. I don't care how bad your life may be. You have a hope that goes beyond this life. Jesus is here and he's our helper in the life in which we live. But certainly he's the hope that we have in that life which is to come. Looking under that blessed hope. And that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. As we go down through this year or go through it. I don't know how it's going to turn out. But I. It is my hope that you're looking under that blessed hope every day. Maybe this year one day he'll return and he'll gather up his elect from the four corners of this earth and he'll take us home to be in heaven. You know, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 13, it says, For I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those which are asleep, talking about those that are dead in Christ, that you sorrow not as others who have no hope. The Lord tells us that he knows the feelings of our infirmity. He told us to cast all our cares upon him for he careth for us. We know that when Lazarus' sisters came to him in John chapter 11, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus knows how you feel. He knows the troubles that you're going through. But the hope that we have, the blessed hope that we have, delivers us and keeps us going from day to day in our lives. May God bless us to not lose sight and to continue to look under that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our Savior God and our Lord Jesus Christ in the coming year of 2021. May God bless you is my prayer this morning.